0: Logitech's new Harmony Express packs Alexa. Your Android phone is now a Google security key, USB C laptop chargers, and more all coming up on Tech Thing. Thank you, patrons. Without your support via patreon.com slash tech thing, we wouldn't be able to make the show for you every week. Please join the crew that makes Tech Thing possible. Patreon.com slash tech thing is the place to go. Thank you.
1: I'm Shannon Morris. And I'm Patrick Norton. And this is Tech Thing, where we have something useful in every single show. Uh, Incredibly useful things. I, yes.
0: I was very excited.
1: I am excited too, because I had sugar before the show.
0: You had way too much sugar. I had so much sugar. <laughs> I'd asked what you ate, but if it's what I think I think you ate, you ate so much of it that I would not be able to not look aghast and slightly terrified. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so we're gonna try to get this recorded before the sugar crash. Yes. Because if the sugar That's crashes, not going to be fine. Yeah, we're going to have to take one of these cameras and point it at the floor where <laughs> Shannon would be drooling. I'll, right just, I'll, I'll lay there
1: and like read this script <laughs> off of my camera or off my phone. It'll be so sad.
0: <laughs> Nothing worse than a sugar hangover in a studio.
1: <laughs> That's true. Oh, I've been there.
0: Middays.
1: We well. are here to talk about that, though.
0: But it's kind of fun. It is. Because <laughs> also, you're talking really fast today, which is really
1: funny.
0: Is, yeah. <laughs> we were, she was trying to get me to talk about Logitech's new Harmony remote. Logitech's Harmony remotes, they've been known for like three things for years. One, they replace a pile of remotes with a single remote. They tend to make everything simpler by bundling all of your gear into activities, and they just freaking work. Yay! So, so this week, Harmony announced something radically different, the Harmony Express. This is like a minimalist remote. With Alexa built in, so instead of dozens of buttons and an LCD screen, uh, they—they—they—they—it's your voice. I like that. And a very simple remote. And I'll put this into context. So this is this is the Express remote, and right over here you're seeing kind of a classic Harmony remote where it's got an LCD screen and lots of buttons, or in this case, lots and lots and lots of buttons. These work, by the way. And the nice thing about Harmony is they've been watching people use remote controls for approximately forever, and they really thought the process out. For example, you don't call out for ALEXA, which is.
1: What do you do? You
0: press this primary, basically the big button on the remote. Then you say, turn on Apple TV or go to HBO, or go to Netflix app.
1: So it's not constantly listening, you have to actually activate it. That's awesome. And if you
0: already have ALEXA devices in your house, you don't have to worry about having lots of devices responding while you're trying to watch television or a movie. It just works, (laughs) it's really nice. (laughs) So um, the setup is, if you are familiar with uh, universal remotes uh, from Harmony, for example, uh, it's pretty familiar. There's a blaster, kind of a base station, and an IR mini blaster in the box. So this goes into the wherever your components are next to your television. In my case, this goes in the closet where all of my gear is, and this goes outside the closet door so it can zap IR instructions to my projector. Cool. Um, setting up the Express is uh, pretty simple. If you can download and install an app and drag some icons and type a little bit, you can configure this system. Uh, it's all done by uh, an app on your Android or iOS phone. I did it all on my iPhone. Uh, it walked me through adding and configuring my home theater gear, in my case, an Epson projector, an Onkyo AVR, an Apple TV, a Roku, a Sony Blu-ray player, and a HomeWorks over-the-air TV tuner.
1: Yay! That in
0: other situations has caused me no end of trauma. And I had to. <laughs> last time I set up that HomeWorks over-the-air tuner, I had to do it all manually. Yeah. Which brings me to a webpage that I am kind of in love with. If you think you have something that won't work, On a Logitech harmony there's two things one you can manually program stuff but you should search here for manufacturer and the product or model name and they probably already have configured it for somebody somewhere um you know like it was laughing i had to type out like epson for the manufacturer and 3500 didn't work but typing home cinema 3500 was immediately recognized and configured that was about the only problem i had cool i was lazy and it made me type the whole thing out with to, my thumb.
1: <laughs> I've had similar experiences with the Logitech Harmonies where like I have this HDMI switcher that mm-hmm. I randomly got off Amazon and it recognizes it even though it's like yeah. brandless. And I was like, how do you know what this thing is?
0: I don't care. It yeah, I don't care. It, it yeah.
1: just works. It sounds a lot easier nowadays though with the application.
0: This is a, a pretty different application and, and setup that I've done with Harmony in uh, ever period. Mm-hmm. Um, And the nice thing, like you're saying, like I'm saying, Harmony has this insane collection of data for devices you might want to control, and uh, it's just nice that they've kind of thought this through. Once my devices were found, uh, the app walks you kind of backwards. You start with the first HDMI input on your television, or in my case, my projector, HDMI one, and then I connected, I by connected, I mean I dragged a little icon up to connect my AVR, to the screen, and then for HDMI 1, I dragged up like my Apple TV, and then my Roku, my Blu-ray player, and all the other devices I wanted to attach. If you can go like this, you can basically configure your home theater system. Um, The app also opened up the Amazon app to add the Express, so I could use uh, ALEXA with it, and then the remote itself talked me through the basic commands, things like, as I mentioned earlier, go to channel 206, go to (laughs) DVR, go to Netflix app, Turn on Apple TV. Um, And you have to of course use the basic commands or everything goes haywire. So I'm anticipating um, a little bit of friction Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the education process in my home, as there (laughs) always is when I test a new remote control. Always. (laughs) But I end up with thoroughly tested devices with a wide and diverse set of opinions about how they function. (laughs) We were talking about how the Harmony Express does stuff. One thing it doesn't do at this point is control additional gear in an activity. Um, if you are a geeky kind of person, maybe your Harmony remote uh, does lots of things when you hit an activity button. So if I ask the Express to turn on the Xbox, it'll set the TV and the AVR to the right inputs while the Xbox powers up. You can hit the button and you can ask ALEXA to turn off the living room lights, but you can't automatically have your Philips Hue lights dim when you fire up the Xbox or Blu-ray player. That kind of thing has been sort of a staple or one of the big attractions for home theater geeks uh, for the Harmony remotes for years. To grossly misquote and paraphrase uh, Logitech's reps, this may be somewhat more nerdly and less common uh, than I had thought, (laughs) so uh, you know, by the way, if you want to do the super granular control of all the stuff in your house, uh, you know, all of the other Logitech remotes, they're not going away anytime soon. The Harmony Elite, the Companion, the 950, This, you know, there's it's still all lots the and lots and lots of options. So if you want to do really crazy activity controls, you can still do that with all of those different Harmony remotes.
1: And now, I'm assuming if you had one of these and you had like your Philips Hue and an Echo device in your house, you could just tell your Echo to turn yes. on your room or whatever That's and then a, just use this for your TV stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean... So you have options. I know, but I was talking, like, there's... I said you could ask A-L-E-X-A to turn it off because yeah. I want to do the... Yeah and and then everything happens. happens. (laughs) Alexa enable magnificent home theater experience and have (laughs) stuff going off everywhere. So
1: we're not quite there yet.
0: Not quite there yet. (laughs) Who knows what will happen. You can also do all the regular ALEXA stuff with it. You can hit the button and ask it for the weather or you can ask it you know change the temperature or turn off the lights or whatever you use ALEXA to do already. Cool. I gotta say I really love hitting the button instead of calling out Alexa's name.
1: I like that too. Um,
0: in part because a lot of my home, uh, all, a lot of my home automation stuff, all my voice control stuff, is all in one small twenty by fifteen foot garage. So when I talk to one device, all of them respond, <laughs> which is irritating. <laughs> um, the voice control, I gotta say, might be an issue in my house. Uh, I have a voice control resistant spouse, and there are some things you can't do with the Express without them. The remote's four-way buttons—they are great for navigating. It's got play and pause and fast forward and rewind. It's got volume controls and mute, but you can't say switch between your over-the-air tuner and a Roku without using a voice command. Now, you can use the remote without voice commands to switch between, say, Netflix and Amazon and your Apple TV or inside of uh, the Roku, but you can't switch between devices without talking to it mm, good to know time will tell but i can already cheerfully state that setting up and getting the family up to speed on the harmony express was considerably faster uh, than it was for the cavo universal remote
1: Yay. but
0: the express isn't currently trying to deliver the ability to like call out individual titles of the show to automatically launch them at a very granular and sophisticated and kind of intense ai managed way Watch claims that the one month between battery charges. I've had the device less than a week. I uh, haven't had to charge it yet, for what that's worth. I How's it pre- charge? U.S. Uh, uh, micro USB. Oh,
1: micro USB. Yeah. Why isn't it USB-C?
0: Because I, I I assume this was cheaper,
1: <laughs> or they <laughs> it is cheaper. They it knew is.
0: that more people have micro USB cables currently. Um, they give you a cable in the box, so I'm not going to complain too much. But yes, we would both prefer USB-C. Uh, Harmony also built a remote finder into the Harmony app, so the remote will sing out when the cat buries it under the cushions, as (laughs) the cat is want to do. Um, The Harmony Express is not gonna replace their traditional kind of Harmony remotes in their lineup, at least not anytime soon. For folks that have a tight relationship with ALEXA-enabled products, it is a natural. For folks looking for a simplified remote, and this is pretty simple given everything it does when you ask it to do it, um, this should be on the short list, super tempting. The price though is gonna be a challenge for a lot of folks. You can pick up a basic Harmony 350 for like 50 bucks. And I think if I scroll way down here, there it is. The Harmony 350 costs about 50 bucks. Um, you can get a 665 which adds the LCD display for 70 bucks. But uh, at $249, the, yeah, the Harmony Elite is like 350, the Harmony Express is $250. And I gotta say they put a lot of time and development into this. They did a lot of thoughtful things. Um, this is cheap compared to a two thousand dollar OLED screen, especially if you got another you know thousand or fifteen hundred into your home theater speakers and mm-hmm. blah blah blah, uh, and it is so much less annoying than juggling remotes. And if you like Alexa, this really fits in well. But in a world where six hundred or seven hundred bucks gets you a pretty badass four K HDR TV, it is a significant investment.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Well, I'm, I'm kind of sold, and I kind of want one.
0: You are deep in the ALEXA lifestyle.
1: I am, I am, and I am very well aware of the current security information. Check out my ThreatWire episode on ALEXA for that. But yeah, I'm, I like it. I like that it's so minimalist and that it lasts yeah. for a month. That's much longer than my current Harmony remotes.
0: One thing I will be doing is figuring out how to lower the volume of... A-L-E-X-A's response. Oh, good. Because it seems really... It's, it Does it come morning, out of there? It comes out of here. Oh,
1: the little speaker on the back. It talks in your hand. <laughs> oh, it's a little talking microphone. Kind of
0: like when a bird poops in your hand, but with less of a mess to clean up.
1: All right, so with that... <laughs> Askatechthing.com, or you can tweet us at techthing if you have any questions about that, as well as...
0: Oh, you can tweet at Patrick Norton or at...
1: At snubs. <laughs> Patrick, have you ever been fished? Yes. You're, really, you have?
0: Everybody's been fished.
1: Oh, I have too, actually. <laughs> I have been fished. Did you fall for the fish?
0: Uh, Not in the last eight or nine years.
1: Good, that's excellent to hear. You know, I actually fell for one recently, um, but I immediately knew what it was, and I was like, nope, change my password, and then it was fine.
0: For those of you in the audience (laughs) who might be going, why are they talking talking about about
1: phishing?
0: (laughs) Phishing has a security implication. It
1: does, so phishing is where an attacker uses a fake site, for example, to trick you into giving away your information. So it might look like your bank account or a Facebook account or something like that. It's still the most common cause of security breaches for companies.
0: And spear phishing is the really nasty one where they basically figure out by tracking email who yeah. they want to attack inside of an organization and they create very custom and official looking emails. that yep. you go, know, oh, this is a TP2742 response from Bob in accounting. And you just click <laughs> and, and then you're owned. So that's why Google, for example,
1: they're working to make two-step verification the norm. But in order for it to yeah. become the norm for like day-to-day users, especially people like my mom who doesn't necessarily want to give that kind of time to security and privacy, you gotta make it more convenient for the users.
0: Are you saying that entering in some information on a website and then waiting for that website to send me a text message, which (laughs) may or may not be spoofed, and then entering that message into the website is not perhaps Mm -hmm. the... Height Mm. that security
1: can be. I feel feel like people just ain't gonna do it.
0: So I should buy one of those. I actually, I I, I was about to say weird little YubiKeys, but I I want, I love YubiKeys. YubiKeys are amazing, amazing. they're incredibly smart.
1: I would totally buy you. But a
0: lot of people are like, I'm not buying a YubiKey. Right,
1: exactly. (laughs) So that's why um, I was reading over at Krebs on Security, which is Mm. an excellent security blog by Brian Krebs. Uh, Apparently, Android 7.0 plus phones can now double as Google security keys. So what happened was on April 10th Google announced that they are doing just that. So starting in beta you will be able to use your phone as a security key option as opposed to like a SMS text or a authenticator application or a YubiKey. And this is already built into Android 7.0 devices. So you don't it's like everybody already has one if you have Android 7.0 you don't have to do anything. And
0: this is different from running the Google Auth app on your iOS or Android device. Right,
1: exactly. What does it do? Isn't that weird? It yeah. is weird. So <laughs> it, it basically means that you can unlock your account with a phone instead of having to carry around that physical security key or downloading that application. Uh, Google does recommend using this option to protect your personal Google account starting off and then any work-related accounts too that are Google's, like Google accounts. Right. Uh, what are those called? Google uh, Cloud accounts, I, I believe I, they're you know,
0: called. I I'd pay 10 bucks to them a- Every month to do yeah. a bunch of stuff, but i here here you keep talking One I'll of look those. Up what it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, they say that it's the ultimate account security, which is now in your pocket. So, folks that already have joined the Advanced Protection Program, which we did cover previously over on Tech Thing, you can find out more. I'll put this link in the show notes. Uh, but basically, Advanced Protection Program requires two security keys and it locks down your Google account even further. and Then you can use your phone for two-step verification now as one of those two options that you have. But if you don't have advanced protection, you can just use this as one verification option, as opposed to just putting in a username and password. So you would also have a security key, which is now your phone. So there are a few steps that you have to go through if you want to set up your phone as a security key. So they do list all of the uh, different steps that you have to do here. So first, make sure that your phone is running Android 7.0 or higher. Make sure that you have a computer that has Bluetooth and has the latest version of Chrome, uh, which is the compatible browser that they currently have available. And then you have to use either Chrome OS, Mac OS, or Windows 10. So you do have a few options for those. So first thing you want to do is turn on two-step verification on your Google account, and that's over at myaccount.google.com, which should look like this. And I will show you what mine looks like. Ta-da! It looks like I should probably erase some of my stuff in there. I've been using a lot of data recently. (laughs) Uh, But you click up at the top, there is a little area for security. So you go to Secure Account, and then click on Two-Step Verification and click Show All and you can also go to two-step verification settings. So on the 2FA panel, you just follow the on-screen prompts to set up two-step verification, and then you can add your phone. And all of this can be found on the two-step verification website, which I will also put that link down in the show notes. You will have to log in whenever you go to this page, but once you're logged in, you have full access to all the information that you can add for 2FA. So this menu gives you a lot of options to add 2FA to your account, like using a physical security key. You can see here that I have a YubiKey attached to my account that I added in 2014. I also added my Google Pixel 3 XL as of yesterday. So you can see that I've already added it here. Uh, But you can also use an authenticator app like Authy or Google Authenticator. And this is also where you can print your backup codes. Now, before I go any further, I know we've mentioned it before, but that link to the backup codes from that 2FA website that I was just showing you, that's really important. So click on that print your list of backup codes, and in the off chance that somebody steals your phone, which you're about to set up as a verification option, or, or you your lose key, your phone, or you, or you lose destroy your, phone. your phone, yeah, all those things can happen. These backup codes can be used as two FA or two factor verification codes. So keep this list somewhere safe, like a fire resistant safe, or in your secret lair, or <laughs> wherever you keep them, your bat cave, just make sure that you don't forget where you hid them, or else you will have to go back in, make a new list of backup codes and then print those because they will generate new ones
0: for you. If you can get into your
1: account. If you can get, yeah. So make sure (laughs) that you do that before your device gets stolen or before you lose it because yeah. you never know what will happen in the future. Just make sure that you are ready for the worst. Now, back to the steps, you scroll down on this page and click on Setup an Alternative Step, which is right here, and you will see the option to add a phone which is adding a security key. Now, if you already have an alternative set up under security key, you can also choose add a security key right here. Both of those will link you to the option to add your Android phone. And then you just find your phone in the drop down, which I'm not going to show you because it has a lot of personal information on that. (laughs) And then you add it to your account. Now, after that, you just click turn on ensure that both the Bluetooth on your computer and your phone are set up and ready to go. They are enabled. They don't need to pair over Bluetooth. This is just used to authenticate between the two devices and ensure that the devices are located near each other. So they're location based. It's just making sure that if you actually are trying to log in, your phone is right there and it's saying, okay, this is the two-factor device. Let me log in with that. We're good to go. So whenever you sign in to that Google account on a computer and Bluetooth is turned on, your Android phone will receive a notification. That notification simply says, are you trying to sign in? And then you click on that notification, follow the on-screen instructions to confirm it's actually you and you're good to go. Yay. (laughs) Now I can already hear people out there. I'm the same way. I'm not a huge fan of Bluetooth for security. So personally, this is just me, but I will be sticking with the YubiKey, okay? Okay. (laughs) Because while the Android device is more convenient, it also has its drawbacks. Like for example, Bluetooth does have security issues. Now, I am pretty sure that they're using a protocol on top of Bluetooth to ensure that this is secure, but with any kind of wireless technology like that, there's always a potential for it to be hacked. Might happen in the future, might not. But I prefer to not give myself right. that potential vulnerability. Uh, plus, a thief is more likely to steal your phone out of your hand than a keychain with a YubiKey on it because it just looks like a USB. And your phone battery could drain, leaving you without a way to log in. So. Always awkward. What I will say though, is whatever you choose, anything is better than having no two-factor option on your online accounts. And that does include, if you have an SMS option on a website that has two-factor authentication, sign up for the SMS option, because that is a lot better than having nothing at all. Because somebody could easily get your password and sign into that account, it is much harder for them to get your password and get your phone and get that SMS code. So make sure you have 2FA no matter what you choose.
0: And make sure you do your backup codes before you lose something. I yes. will say there are reasons, Like this is Google's Titan security key. There is a reason they use a physical device rather than having everybody who works for Google use their phones. Yep. It's because this is more secure, but this may be more than you want to deal with. Right, exactly. Uh, especially because I know some people that, that lose keys and it's kind of like a hobby. <laughs> Me too. Um,
1: <laughs> so you do have the option if, yeah. if you're you know prone to losing your keys, then set it up on your phone because that's way better than having no 2FA at all.
0: And if you're prone to losing your phones, we can't help you, but good luck.
1: (laughs) Then get the YubiKey. So whatever you choose, let me know if this is something that you're interested in. Um, I'm super excited about it because it does offer this as a convenient step for a lot more people. And that's what Google is really going for here. Um, So I think it's cool. Thank you so much to Google for doing this. And I hope that I can see more people doing that in the future as well.
0: Android 7 and above, you are secured.
1: This week we have another battle station for you and this one comes from Oren. So Oren said, Hi Patrick and Shannon, I thought that I would share my portable battle station. It's got a laptop with two Asus ZenScreen MB16AC monitors and two iPads. The setup is very handy for search and rescue when I'm not geeking out watching Formula One. Keep up the awesome that is tech thing from Oren in Calgary. Thank you, Oren. Dude, Oren, that's so cool. And that's also like. BT Dubs, that's amazing in the back, that model.
0: That's a Saturn V booster. That is? That's a, Well, that's actually oh, an Apollo. That's like, that's, that's an so Apollo cool. rocket thing.
1: That's very, very nice. Oh, yeah. Very nice. I love it. So, yes, thank you so much for sending in your battle station. And if you want to share your desk setup, we would love to see it. We are sharing them every single week. Askatechthing.com.
0: There it is. Hey, the Darren Space Adventure Saturn V rocket model playset.
1: What? Oh. I've actually seen one of these. Oh, it's so cool.
0: We like rockets.
1: It's beautiful. Yes. It is
0: beautiful. Beautiful. Prone to falling apart too.
1: Prone to falling apart.
0: <laughs> Which is why Oren keeps his in the corner, let's
1: Yes. Thank you Excellent. so much, Oren. <laughs>
0: I think his is way
1: cooler. His is way cooler.
0: <laughs> we love your questions, your tips, and your suggestions of products and ideas to check out. You can tweet at techthing at snubs or at Patrick Norton or just email. We love email, askandtechthing.com. a big shout out to our patrons, patreon.com slash techthing. You make the show possible, you pay the bills. Thank you, we really appreciate that. Join the crew that makes Tech Thing happen at patreon.com slash techthing.
1: Alan writes, I purchased the Huawei MateBook X Pro and I love it. In addition to working at home on the couch, I set it up to be (laughs) a workstation connected to a 27 inch monitor, keyboard and mouse and I want to leave the power supply in place when I travel. So I need to buy a travel charger. I've been looking at anchor wall chargers, but they come at all different watt ratings. What does USB-C power charging really require? Are there specific and small wall chargers that you would recommend? Thanks for all you do, Alan, on Cape Cod.
0: That is an excellent place to be sitting inside yeah winter with a laptop for real cape cod's awesome oh my goodness um first of all alan this is incredibly convenient because i need a spare usb charger for a laptop oh perfect and uh (laughs) thanks to the excellent work of benson leung and nathan k i am profoundly paranoid about USB-C chargers because simply one a lot of them suck is in not actually delivering uh voltage or amperage in the spec they're rating themselves for and uh two When they go wrong, they can damage your electronics or light things on fire, like your house, which is what we generally categorize under bad and things to avoid. (laughs) And just to make things really interesting, some decent chargers get packed with cables that lean towards the running too hot and possibly lighting your house on fire side of things. Oh boy. And I won't even get into more arcane issues like, oh, let's go into this TI PDF and talk about USB PD power negotiations. Oh boy. Um, For example, split power data object compromising the charging because literally your power supply and your laptop need to have a negotiation before charging can begin because it is the 21st century. Actually, okay. Let me be honest. (laughs) I'm not gonna complain. For example, uh, this Lenovo X1 Carbon, the rapid charge on this will take the 57 watt hour battery to an 80% charge in 30 minutes. It's kind of glorious. I fear a little bit for long-term battery life, but being able to plug this in for half an hour and have hours of use is freaking awesome. That's nice. Now, just in case USB-C chargers is not complicated enough for you, a lot of the reviews (laughs) are fake. And if you haven't seen it, the hustle did this great uh, article on uh, inside the fake Amazon review complex, which is a wonderful walk through how somewhat less than scrupulous uh, sellers on Amazon get all of their five-star reviews for two-star products. So your Makebook X Pro comes with a 65-watt USB-C charger. Um, I dug it out of the specs. It's fascinating. If you've never read lots of specs, if you dig in Huawei's website, you can actually (laughs) find the power adapter information.
1: Oh, yay. As
0: far as I know, this can't be found for sale anywhere. Oh. It's nice. Well, I will say it's a 65 watt. Charger. We tried it's segment small. over. No, no, no. au <laughs> contraire, my friend. Um, <laughs> you know. It, but basically, short answer is you need a 65 watt charger. And if you want to take things easy, the PowerPort Speed One USB-C port, uh, cleverly named, for 37 bucks on Anchor is going to take care of everything you need. It's going to, you know. Power delivery, 60 watt, USB wall charger, Nexus 5X, 6P, LG G5, Pixel C, MacBook 200, blah, 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 and it goes on and on and on and on. So some people are like, wait, wait, won't that 65 watt power supply destroy my phone? No, that's part (laughs) of what that whole handshaking thing was. Actually, I shouldn't say that because every time I try to read that. It's intelligent. Yeah, and and the other thing is is your devices only draw the power they need. It's not like forcing the voltage through your device, trying to light it on fire um so anyway i trust anchor as a brand me too i've used several of the usb power supplies i own several of their batteries uh and also i gotta say i love any product that comes with an 18 month warranty i've had to like warranty return one product to anchor once they were really easy to deal with and no they didn't know who i was i was just another guy that bought a thing on amazon (laughs) so the crew wire cutter uh they picked that anchor i was talking about as their second choice uh they found the (laughs) <laughs> Every time I say this, I want to say neckbeard. Uh, <laughs> the Nectech 4-port 72-watt USB wall charger with Type-C 60-watt power delivery. Um, but that's pretty cool because it's got one big fat USB-C port and then three Type-A ports on there. Um, they were testing with 19 laptops. And they were particularly meticulous about noting that this is USB-IF certified, which means it should be safe to use. Cool. Uh, and, like I said, it packs three extra charging ports. One of the things you'll notice, especially with stuff you're buying on Amazon or Alibaba, is there's almost never a UL listing if it comes from outside of the United States. Um, I know lots of people that, that that makes them super uptight, and I completely understand. Uh, but at least they have been certified as doing the things that they're supposed to do to be a non-sucky power supply in <laughs> terms of the of terms of certification. Um, the Wirecutter article, by the way, also has picks for anybody with a 15-inch MacBook Pro. Uh, if you're looking at the 87-watt Apple charger for that and going, what? <laughs> uh, they have options. Go to the Wirecutter and search for USB-C charger. Yes. Um, USB-C is spec to carry a ton of power by mobile standards. Up to five amps, like 100 watts. And while your laptop might only be calling for 45 or 65 watts, that's still a lot of power to shove through a tiny cable. Please don't cheap out on your power supply or your cables. Agreed. Because fires suck. Anchor power line two USB-C cables, excellent by the way. They're really good, I own yeah. three of them.
1: Uh, let us know if you have any qu- yeah. power related questions. Uh, this is something that I know both of us geek out about quite a bit. So we would love to answer them for you. Ask at techthing.com or you can tweet us at techthing, at Patrick Norton, at Snurbs.
0: As soon as you said geeking out in power, start thinking about Game of Thrones.
1: Oh, no spoilers please. I am currently in the midst of trying so so hard to review this teeny tiny little gadget. It's called the Arsenal Smart Camera Assistant over at witharsenal.com. I purchased one cuz I saw an ad for it on Instagrams. It's claimed to be a fancy smart assistant that can help you get these perfect photos via your DSLR's hot shoe and a camera app. So, it's- it's the little box yeah, on top it's, of the camera. It's this teeny tiny box and you plug it into your computer, or you plug it into your camera <laughs> and then you connect to it via your phone and you can control the camera from your phone, at least that's what they tout. So you, like, you can see all these manual settings and you should just be able to control it right there. So they say that with one tap of your phone, the Arsenal will scan the environmental view and it will take the best photo possible
0: which sounds cool. The theory is that this is gonna do a better job of calculating all of the settings inside the camera than the the computational intelligence that was already packed into your camera by Sony or Canon or Nikon or whoever. Yeah, Okay. so
1: like if I put this in manual mode, if I put my camera on manual mode instead of automatic, Mm -hmm. instead of me having to go through everything, it's supposed to automatically like change the ISO and the shutter speed and the aperture. It analyzes lots and lots of different factors to take the photo, not just via a tripod either, but you're also supposed to be able to do this handheld, which is great. Now they also say that it'll do photo stacking and this is where it takes multiple photo exposures in a very short span of time and then it stacks those photos into the best shot possible. And you see this happen a lot with like nighttime shots or sunset photos, especially with water and stuff like that that's something that I really wanna learn, but I haven't learned it yet. So I saw this and I was like, this is awesome.
0: That's essentially what your phone does when you take an HDR shot Yeah. it gives you that incredible dynamic range. It's what it's doing, it's taking a whole bunch of different settings or photos at different settings, smushing them together. There's just one little exactly. problem with the arsenal.
1: Yeah, so here we have like a picture of it doing photo stacking. So I can already use the Sony Smart Remote app on my a7R 2 to control the shutter on my camera, but it doesn't do the automatic adjustments. So I need to do this myself.
0: Well, it does, but this is supposed to be better it's, than the adjustments that are built into to. the camera. Yeah,
1: it's supposed to. So, so I go out and I bought one, it's 200 bucks. And then I installed the iOS or the Android app. In my case, it does have an iOS 1.2. And it looked kind of intensive to set up, but it was nothing that I couldn't do. And then that's where it totally failed me. (laughs) And I was so sad. So after I updated the firmware on my Sony camera, and that in itself was like an adventure. Oh, seriously, camera firmware. Just no. And then I updated the firmware on the Arsenal and I installed the app and I made sure that the application was all updated. All was good. And then I tried to connect the Arsenal via the app to my camera and that's where my happiness just drained out of me. (laughs) It sat on the connecting screen on my phone and I got a screenshot of this for upwards of an hour. So I finally pinged customer service after like restarting the app and restarting my Wi-Fi connection to the Arsenal and all this other stuff. They recommended everything that I had already tried according to their website FAQs and their video tutorial. I also looked on like some forums to see if other people had found some special special sauce to make it work with an A7R 2 Now, they recommended turning off two-factor authentication on my Sony account.
0: <laughs> okay. Which,
1: I was like, okay, just this one time. Now, I had already just set up the Sony account and I didn't even set up 2FA yet, so I didn't have it turned on, so that wasn't the issue. So it wouldn't cause connection complications with the third-party device as it was. <sighs> And then I started looking at the app reviews,
0: <laughs> because the app reviews are really funny.
1: So Patrick linked to it, and he was just like, "Oh,
0: it, yeah, it
1: looks like you're not the only one."
0: There was a so. wonderful. There's like a five-star review of the iOS app that basically says, "Oh wait, there it is, great." But just scroll it five stars. Scroll down to the bottom. Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? Just hit more. There it goes it works when it works it's gold but the road there can be long some days hopefully <laughs> the team will address this soon
1: so i read that and then um, i went over to the arsenal <laughs> app reviews over here and this guy at the very top he says and i have a pixel 3xl this is why this is pointed out Uh, Months after release, I still can't get my phone to link to the Arsenal device despite multiple hours long attempts. Same thing I was dealing with. I can't connect my Pixel 3 XL to the Arsenal, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, cool, nothing is working. I am sad to say that even though the a7R2 is listed as a supported camera on their website, if I scroll all the way down here, here's the a7R2 and that's the camera I was trying to use it with, it just does not work. So I will say to Arsenal, it is a very, very new uh, camera app, smart remote app company. Uh, They are brand new. They just kickstarted this thing and they just started shipping the manufactured products to people that that missed out on the Kickstarter. That's where I fell. Props to them for offering a 90-day return window, so I right. will be sending it back. It is new, so I'm hoping that one day I'll be able to purchase one and it will work. But I just hope that they work out the kinks because this thing sounds so magical.
0: Well, some of the <sighs> reviews of it by photography websites are finding a little less magic Iffy. than they'd hoped for. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's, I, I, I have sympathy because to try to make take every cam like take an arsenal and connect it to every camera and every possible phone permutation is never gonna happen. Like nobody's got the kind of resources for that, much less a small startup. But she also paid 200 bucks for it. And I did, it I was nice expecting to, it to
1: work. <laughs> it'd be nice to use
0: it once. Yeah,
1: <laughs> just once so I could review it at least. So unfortunately, I can't review the Arsenal yet. And I am hoping that I can in the future. I have tried so hard for y'all out there, but the moral of this story for myself at least is you can't cheat your way to an excellent photo. You still have to learn the theory behind photography because smart devices sound really cool, but this one just ain't there yet. And I am just, I'm, I'm trying to stay positive. I'm hoping it will be there soon.
0: <laughs> Keep an eye on the reviews on the uh, Yeah, yeah, all right, <laughs> yeah. Good luck, <laughs> Arsenal. I
1: will. Uh, let me know if you've gotten it working though, if you have one of these at home, because I would love to see some actual shots from real life people, not just like their marketing videos. Because I want to see people having this thing work. It sounds you magical.
0: Wanna, you want the magic.
1: I want the magic.
0: Wants I wants the do. magic.
1: I mean, all right, we're not quite there yet. <laughs> Askateching.com, if you do have one though, let me know.
0: Speaking of magic, a big thanks to Hack5 for the Studio Space. Check out the security and privacy podcast at hack5.org. They're magic, especially Threatwire and Hack5, ladies and gentlemen. And if you haven't seen our boy Mubix get his Metasploit minute on, you haven't lived, then head on over to shop.hack5.org and check out the plunder bug. It's a pocket sized land tap that lets you bug Ethernet connections with USB C convenience. All that in and an Android app to this smart network sniffer enables passive recording or active scanning. If you haven't, it's just, it's awesome. Just snarf all the packets.
1: Snarf all the packets. You what
0: your kids are doing? <laughs> Sniff their packets. Oh my. It And remember. It's not rude. It's just apparently I had some sugar during the break.
1: We both did. (laughs) And remember once in a while, put down your phone, step away from the screen, close your laptop, and do something analog like I did a couple of weekends ago and walk around. Scottsdale, Arizona, specifically Old Town Scottsdale. Uh, this was a really cool area. I just love the vibe. I love that I was able to like go into stores and buy authentic Native American uh, jewelry, which was cool. They have antiques. They have really good food. Uh, this mission, which was awesome. So lots of really cool stuff t- that you can experience down there. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Highly recommend if you're in the Phoenix, Arizona area, or if you're visiting. Also, by BT Dubs, they have scooters electric scooters, they're all over the place. It's wonderful. <laughs> so yeah, Old Town Scottsdale, Arizona. This much you choice. scoot
0: around Scottsdale?
1: I, you know, I was going to, but the friend I was with had never been on one before. So I was trying to get her on one with me, but she was like, no, I'm scared. And I was like, girl, don't be scared. A
0: perfectly Live out. To riding a motorized vehicle in the downtown area. <laughs> Surrounded by cars <laughs> while not wearing a helmet. True. I have feels.
1: True. We did not have helmets at the time, so it's probably a good thing we didn't go the Brain buckets games. are
0: good. Yes. I'm Abby <laughs>
1: Norton. I'm Shannon Morse. We'll see you next week
0: on Tech. What was your favorite meal here at Scottsdale?
1: Ooh, oh, man, there were so many good meals. Um, I went to this awesome ice cream parlor that's been there for apparently decades, which was amazing. That's not a meal though, and ice what else could
0: be a meal? Just eat it instead of regular. Food.
1: That's true. That is very true. Hold on. I wonder if the restaurant I went to is in here anywhere. Dining. There we go. Our picks. Uh, oh man, I'll have to find it for you. But I had some really, really good. It
0: say boozy milkshakes.
1: Uh Yeah, it did say boozy milkshakes. <laughs>
0: Joel, I'm a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> Wait, stop, boozy milkshakes. Boozy
1: milks- milkshakes. I had some really good Mexican food while I was there. Tequila? Uh, yes, oh, just a little. <laughs> Tacos, yes. <laughs> tequila, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: yes. <laughs> of course.
0: For the American Southwest, you can have tequila.